Awesome, guys. We are at the Rogue Invitational in Columbus, Ohio. I have a CrossFit legend here, Matt Chan. What's up, brother? Nothing. How's, uh, the, day? How's the day going? Good, good. We did one event this morning. Uh, it was their Go Ruck event, and I survived. I think I, I, I came in the middle of the pack, which is just as, just okay. as good as I wanted to do, and uh, nothing hurts, so awesome. that's a win for me. Sweet. Um, for, those, for those who we have a lot of military law enforcement responders, quick explanation background of who you are uh well like i said matt chan i'm from i live in denver colorado now uh i was born on the south side of chicago uh lived there until shortly after uh high school um went to a college at western illinois university i uh, grew up swimming that was kind of the sport that i did okay. uh, from the age of five until i graduated nice um played bunch of other you know baseball soccer stuff like that growing up but the the main thing that i competed in was uh age group swimming okay and uh high school swimming uh did the whole state state thing on relays and all that nice. uh until i graduated and when i went to western illinois university i studied information management and decision sciences with a emphasis on computer science so wow, really? not what most people that. would expect yeah uh did that uh, for a number of years after graduating uh, at, in Winter Park at Winter Park Resort, which okay. is in Colorado. It's a ski resort. Um, and I should back up. I, I also played water polo uh, for all four years of college. Wow. Yep. And my senior year, we were ranked ninth in the nation uh, for a small, you know, state college in Western Illinois. It's, it was a pretty rad accomplishment. And it's like kind of an anomaly in water polo. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. You know, this is mostly a sport that's dominated on uh, from the East and West coast. Okay. Um, schools that, you know, are much bigger than what I went to, which was like a 16,000 person school. So it was a pretty, pretty unique accomplishment. And I was very proud of it because it was one of the things that I learned. That's kind of where I learned to train really hard for something. Yeah. Cause I didn't really have, other than swimming, I didn't really have a lot of experience playing water polo other than just pick up games, uh, after swim practice. Okay. And, uh, I had to teach myself the sport and learn from other guys and trained really hard, started weight training and stuff like that. And, uh, I saw results. So that was one of the, one of the kind of, I think the feeder, um, uh, skill sets that I learned, uh, coming into CrossFit was like, Hey, if you train hard and you learn about the sport you can actually perform very well, uh, even nationally. Uh, but yeah, so I finished school and went to winter park, Colorado and kind of skied and mountain biked and became kind of a, kind of like a low wage bum, uh, dirt bag yep. in, in the, I was the couch best surfing. sense of the term. Yep. Yeah. Couch surfing. That's awesome. And, uh, I didn't think anything of it. It was, to me, it was, it was, you know, I, I literally had no money. I was racking up credit card debt, uh, in the off seasons when I wasn't, when I didn't make any money and I was sleep on people's couches, but it was the time of my life and, uh, fell in love with mountain sports, you know, climbing, mountain biking and skiing were like my life. Yeah. And, uh, I trained for all three of them. I, I lifted weights. I did endurance stuff. Um, and uh yeah did you go to did you come you competed in college in swimming no i didn't swim in college okay. uh, i did for about three weeks and i decided it wasn't for me okay uh, to continue doing it i just wasn't it's not something I, I mean i did it for a lifetime before that and i had just i was done with it just kind of lost so the water, passion yeah water polo is a great option 
okay. uh, to continue to be in the water and also try a competitive sport as that's more of a team based sport. Gotcha. Because everything I always did was just it's individual. an individual. Yeah. Even when you're on a relay, yeah. it's still an individual sport. Gotcha. So, yeah, that was a pretty neat option to play water polo. What other sports did you play growing up or were you, you said you were always outside, always mountain biking and stuff or. Yeah. You know, growing up, I was, I, I think I was probably your standard Midwestern kid that, uh, was on a bike most of the day after okay. school, uh, played, you know, uh, whatever you call it, uh, peewee football and gotcha. baseball and all, all little league baseball and all that stuff. And I think I was just like your standard run of the mill, uh, young kid playing a lot of sports and getting in trouble, shooting BB guns at other kids, <laughs> you know, like terrible stuff. And, yeah, uh, I got in a lot of trouble when I was growing up, you know, I did, I was definitely not uh, a great student and okay. I would get in fights and stuff like that. You know, I think I was your typical kid growing up yeah. um, and I wasn't afraid to get hurt. I wasn't afraid to try new things and fail at them. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I think that's kind of played into who I am now. I guess for those who don't know, um, I guess when CrossFit was early on its upswing, I, I mean, I just remember seeing you and Spieler always shooting guns, rock climbing, mountain biking, and CrossFit was always preaching play new sports, right? Functional yes. fitness. And to me, you guys were, you know, and still are the epitome of that. Because now I think we're getting lost in a culture, which is still great, where we have CrossFit, you know, full-time CrossFit athletes like you were back in the day, but you were still out doing stuff. And I see a lot of people that don't ever get outside the gym. Yeah. They don't ever take these skills and all this fitness and go outside the gym yep. and get outside and use that fitness elsewhere. Yeah. You know, I, I like a lot of other things in my life, I, uh, I took Greg Glassman's world-class fitness in 100 words to heart. And I, you know, minus the pirouettes and... <laughs> uh, handstand walking and L sits, you know, that I probably didn't do as much as I needed to. Yeah. I took those, those words to heart and I applied the CrossFit program and world-class fitness in a hundred words to my life. And I saw great results. So I, I really decided to, uh, not mess with a good thing and, and explore every avenue of CrossFit and, and what Greg had to say, uh, to heart. And part of that was, regularly regularly learning and playing new sports and yeah. for me uh i i really love the stuff in the gym and i think a lot of people that do crossfit now they do they get stuck in the gym because they see such great improvements day to day uh on things like their deadlift and their back squat and their power clean and their fran time and they see improvements over and over again and you get such a good feeling about seeing those improvements that it gives you some fulfillment it gives you the sense that I'm improving on something in my life by dedicating time and effort to it. But the problem I see with that is that that can come to a halt as you start to age. And, uh, and when I say start to age, I'm saying when you turn the age of 35 and your back squat numbers begin to slip a little bit, yep. or you have some aches and pains due to a heavy back squat, that now you need to take a couple days off yeah. and you start to blame CrossFit as a program for these aches and pains that you're seeing by doing the program. When in reality, you're not doing the complete program. You're not regularly learning and playing new sports. Yeah. And Greg will tell you that to, to your face is like this program is meant for longevity. And that is a key component of that, that mixture. So, yeah. uh, I think Chris and I definitely, you know, 
A, I love riding bikes. So like, that's not an issue for me. Like I want to go out and ride bikes, whether it's, uh, you know, on a trail, whether it's a steep climb or whether we're downhill and I love riding bikes. I yep. suck at it. Like, don't get me wrong. Like competitively me, you mean like, Oh, I'm, I'm not good. Like yeah. I fall all the time. I don't have a lot of skills. I can't do a wheelie. I can't <laughs> do a tail whip. You know, all these things that you look at these great mountain bikers. I am one tenth of their ability. I just love to go and do it. Yeah. Shooting, like you said. Yeah. I am not a good shooter. Yep. But I love doing but it. But you're willing to you're willing to do it and willing to suck at it. Yeah. Out of passion. Yeah, it's like it's just like, you know, every yeah. other skill that we learned in CrossFit. When you start, you're gonna suck. You're gonna look like a beginner and it's gonna be embarrassing. Yeah. But you know what? The more you do it, the better you get at it. And how, how old are you now? I'm forty one. You're forty one? Yeah. But you're like you're part Asian, right? I am like me. Yeah, dude, we don't crack till we're like 80. So that's right. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you're doing programming now and it seems to be, is it tailored toward a lot toward first responders? And yeah. So we, uh, train for the win, uh, or train FTW is, is, uh, we've got three components. There's a competitive program that builds on, uh, my partner and I's knowledge, uh, for competitive programming. Yeah. He's been a CrossFit games athlete. I was a CrossFit games athlete. He has programmed multiple uh, masters events at the CrossFit games wow, okay. from start to finish. Um, and he's had a say in, in what happens at regionals, uh, as a head judge. So we, we have a lot of knowledge on that stuff and, you know, building a program for competitors is kind of like a no brainer. Okay. Um, we have a affiliate program because both of us have taught in affiliates for years upon years. And we want to take the guesswork out so that people can enjoy their lives outside of the gym. Yep. Um, and that way they have to spend less time actually writing a program for their trainers or for, you know, them each day. Yeah. So we take care of that. And then the one that I'm really proud of is our thrive program, uh, which is exactly what you talked about. It's, it's a program designed for longevity in mind. We don't do high skill, uh, movements generally like we'll power clean and power snatch, but we won't squat snatch. We won't do handstand pushups. We won't do ring muscle ups. Yeah. We won't do rope climbs. Uh, this is one of those programs where the risk is low, the gains are high, yeah. the fun is, is very high, yep. and we have uh, areas of focus every 6 to 12 weeks. Those movements that you just listed are the ones that like every time I do them, and I have like, pretty good mobility, but like I jack my shoulders up and my neck up, yeah. and I'm like, I haven't been doing any weightlifting really. I'll hit power stuff. I won't do handstands. And I'm like, do I feel any less fit right. outside of CrossFit? not one bit. Right. And, and yeah, I feel you, can better. Argue, you can argue some, many of those movements are not functional movements anyway. Yeah. You know, I mean, do we need to be on our hands? Not necessarily. Yeah. Um, you know, in thrive, we do get on our hands, but we, we offer a billion scales, uh, like using a box with your knees on the box and just holding a handstand in that position. Nice. Yep. So we still do it. Um, but as far as like doing conditioning workouts where there's high risk, uh, and really, in, in my opinion, low, uh, reward. Okay. I, we don't, we don't do it. Yeah. It sounds that's like on the money. Cause those are just, I don't know what else you're going to need to be able to have all that range of motion explosives and like a full snatch that would translate over to outside the box, outside the gym. Right. Uh, the training that you were doing when you were competing, how often were you still getting out and on getting on a bike? Rock that climbing? was a problem. That was a problem. So I went to the CrossFit games from 2008 until 2013 and uh, during that time, I think I probably skied, uh, during that, whatever that is, that 
six year period. Mm -hmm. I probably skied no more than a hundred day to days total. Yep. Um, is that, sorry, I'm not like a big, is that low? That's very low. Yeah. In Colorado. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you could ski a hundred days in the North, like new England's that's like, I think that's pretty high. No, no, no. A hundred okay. days in one year is very high. You did a hundred days in like five year, or in eight six years, years in six time. Years. I skied maybe a hundred years, a okay. hundred, a hundred days. Yeah. And, uh, that, I mean, that's maybe even really generous. Okay. I probably mountain biked the same, not much. Yeah. Um, but now, you know, like for example, this year I've re recommitted to doing some of that stuff. I've, I've skied easily 50 to 70 days this year. Awesome. Yep. More, majority of them in the backcountry. Yeah. Um, I've already been mountain biking easily 10 days this year. We just got back from Moab, uh, oh, right wow. before we left for this trip. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean like I, my fitness is, is very high right now. I, I'm, I had no concerns about coming and doing all of the movements that we're doing at the legends competition here. Um, but I also know that I'm not going to win any of the events. Yeah. I, I know that I'm not going to be a, you know, a real awe-inspiring uh, athlete to watch. Yeah. But what I hope people see is that, you know, hey, this guy, you know, he's barely ever in the gym. He's probably in the gym three yeah. days a week. And uh, he's still able to hang with guys like Jason Kalipa, Miko Salo, Chris Spieler. And, yep. and, you know, frankly, you know, probably some of these other guys, these in individuals, too. I would say so. Not being biased. Um <laughs> Would you were were you still for those who don't know like you, you got into a gnarly mountain biking accident, and had to have an emergency like compartment syndrome, mm -hmm. like procedure on your leg. You were were you still competing as an individual when that yeah. happens? Yeah. So that year was uh, 2014. It was July 4th, uh, 2014, and I fell on my bike, you know, and it was just a dumb accident. Yeah. And I took the handlebars to my groin area and severed an artery, and. Uh, I had to be flight for life uh, from the trail system that we were in to uh, a level one trauma center in the Denver wow. area. And how, they, how bad did you nick the artery? Like, did you have a tourniquet on you? Did you have? No, because uh, the basically I didn't break the skin. Okay. So the blood was pooling under the skin, uh, basically from my knee to my groin. Yeah. And there was so much pressure because of the swelling that it self tamponaded the artery that had been severed. <laughs> Equalized uh, out, luckily. I guess, yeah. In your so leg. they couldn't they couldn't apply any pressure to the wound itself because yeah. it, there was a risk of it rupturing. Wow. And I would have died. Um, but luckily, you know, they got me to the hospital fast enough that they got pulses back in my feet. They opened up my leg with what's called a fasciotomy in three different spots. Yep. And those are those dramatic pictures that everybody's seen. Yeah. Uh, where my muscles are hanging out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was, that was 2014 and I was training for the 2014 CrossFit games, I believe. And then, uh, yep. th the following year I still attempted in 2015 to qualify and I took ninth at the, uh, Southwest regional. Yeah. I think, did you, didn't you compete at Wadapalooza that that next year, that next January, I, did, yeah. I think it was like a big, I was like, this guy's I a did, you're fucking right. savage. Cause everybody knew of the accident yeah. and you were still crushing it. it yeah. Like, six months this later, guy, this guy just had his leg completely sliced open. Yeah. Yeah. And I think most, I think the point is that I try to bring up is like most people at your level back then are not going to go out and risk their, their CrossFit career. But it's like, dude, like you said, like you weren't probably very happy about the fact that you had to train so much. Like I'm going to live my life. 
Yeah. I'm still going to live my life and go right. out and have fun. Right. And that, that was the thing. It was, you know, during those years, I was, I was just doing CrossFit. I was, yeah. I was committed to competing. I was traveling on the level one and level two circuit yeah. uh, with CrossFit HQ. And that was my life. So, yeah. you know, mountain biking, skiing, all that stuff had to take a back seat. And frankly, my knees hurt so bad that I could not ski. It was not, it was wow. not an option. So, um, going out and risking, you know, blowing an ACL skiing, you know, that would risk my competition. So, yeah. but you know, I think I learned a lot from that and, you know, now hopefully I hope that the, this new games, uh, the way that they have it set up, um, gives people some, some, some humility and un they understand that, you know, you know, I'm probably not going to make the CrossFit games anymore. That's not, it shouldn't even be a goal. Yeah. I'm just gonna, I should be, I, I just want to get fit and, and get outside and do some fun stuff. I think it's important for a lot of people to hear. Um, it sucks. Like I would never tell someone like to be that person, like, listen, buddy, like you're probably not going to make it like to be that negative and like, don't chase your dream. But yeah. at this level now in CrossFit, you probably know you can pretty easily pick out because the level, the level of competition is so high. It's like, if you're not snatching 300 in like the two years or three years in CrossFit, like, yeah, maybe not. If you've been at it for like 10 years yeah. and it's like people want to make, want to make a sanctionals and get to the road to the games. Yeah. You got to start at a very young age now. You got to yeah. probably start at 16 so that you have all the uh, skills and, and uh, capacities built up so that when you, you know, finally start putting up the numbers you just mentioned, you know, yeah. you're now 20. So now you've got a, uh, a, probably five to six year career yeah uh as a crossfit games level athlete you know you gotta you gotta win a sanctional or win your country or win top 20 yeah and uh it's you, very difficult do you think we can see athletes go beyond five or six years competitively at the top level um yeah i mean you see athletes doing it now i think once you have all the the skills and capacities built up it's just a matter of staying healthy. Do you think it'll be a matter also of outliers? Maybe. Yeah, look at Sam Briggs. I mean, she's an outlier. I think she's yeah. 36 now and uh, still competes individually, not even in the Masters. Yeah. Right? Like, and she's had major catastrophic injuries. Yeah. And uh, she's been doing this now for, I think, like seven or eight years, probably eight years. Yeah. Uh, she won in 2013. Um, so, I mean, that's pretty remarkable. That was she's still she's still crushing yeah she's so like, yeah there are outliers for sure yeah um i guess back to lifestyle you you did it before it was really cool now on instagram like everyone's living in a van everyone's living in a trailer yeah you guys were pulling around an airstream you had like a custom gym in the bed of your pickup truck yeah we did the pullout rack yep um we have like i have i rent my bar now i have people that are about to rebuild a bus and do that same thing that's so popular now especially with like the cost of living student debt for people is super high yeah but they want to not live in their parents house how long did you live in that airstream for we lived in an airstream for a, a full 12 months okay um and we traveled basically the western U u.s and canada and uh it was a blast but unfortunately you know that year i was also training for the games i qualified for the games out of an airstream wow that was that was my home gym was the airstream yeah. and uh it, it definitely didn't play to my favor as far as the competitive uh, aspects go. I probably just maintained the capacities that I had yeah. uh, that year because I think I finished like top 20 in the games, uh, whereas the previous year I was second place. So, What did you have to train with? 
Uh, just a standard setup. So like, you know, a pull-up bar, rack, uh, one barbell, set of plates, kettlebells, dumbbells, uh, and maybe just a few other things like sandbags and stuff like that. But we had to have a suspension put in on the on the truck that we had because uh, there was wow. so much weight in it. But just something you could fit in the bed of a pickup truck. No other, no more equipment than that. Pretty yeah, much. no, that was it. Uh, we would drop in in gyms often. Okay. Um, you know, uh, if we were, let's just say in like, you know, the Palm Springs, California area, you know, basically one of those gyms would become our home gym for two, three weeks. Okay. Um, so there was definitely some time to yeah. set up a home base. Yeah. And... But at the same time, I really enjoyed what we had set up and yeah. I used that as much as I possibly could. Awesome. Um, while we were camping and all that stuff, it was pretty rad. It was a pretty neat little experience, but I would not recommend it, uh, to anybody without maybe trying it first. That's okay. A, I had never even stayed a night in an RV and we you just went for it and we went for it. Yeah. I just heard Spiro say the same thing to Andy Stump. He's like, you know what? He's like, what'd you buy? He's like, I just bought what my friend had. I didn't even, I don't like to look into it. I just yeah. bought it and yeah. went for it. I was like, dude, I am the complete opposite of that. I would be researching everything. Right. I, I try to get the wife to do it. She's like, I don't think so. Yeah. Like, we dude, did. The chance did it. We'll be fine. We yeah. have one dog. Did you have two? We had two. Yep. Two dogs. Yep. <laughs> How many square feet was it? Uh, I don't remember. I want to say it was like, I can't remember. I want to say it was like 127 square feet or something like that, but it was the 28 foot, uh, model. I don't remember which okay. model it was, but it's a little more Gucci than the usual or like a little bigger. Oh, they're nice. Like, yeah. Oh, it, they're sick. They're amazing. Yeah. The Airstream yeah. is like top quality trailer. Yeah. Like that's, it's a beautiful thing. It's maintains its resale value and it's a, it's a great option if you're looking to get a trailer. Yeah. But, um, you know, frankly, I, I personally, I would not recommend getting one of those because, uh, you have to store it somewhere. And that was the big uh, yeah. reason we sold it is because the storage fees were adding up and we decided to get a sprinter van instead and convert that thing into a, a camper. So the storage fees though, why you can't just store it in a driveway or uh, so the house that we were living in had a really steep driveway and okay. you couldn't, you couldn't get it up there. So gotcha. Yep. Any, what are some learning lessons? Like, dude, you're living in a hundred and plus square feet yeah. with your significant other, yes. your wife. I lived in a studio in 500 square feet. And for us in Manhattan, it was like, there is no escape. Like it was cool cause it was nice and cozy. But with us, it was like, if you're like having an argument or something like that, it was like, you had to storm out of the apartment. Like there's right. like, you can't like, it was almost great because it, it almost forced us to work through our issues faster. Yeah, that's that's a good point. And, you know, we definitely had, I'd say that we learned those things as well. Like you can't run away from your problems in an Airstream or in a small <laughs> condo or apartment. Yeah. Um, I'd say the things that we learned were, uh, you know, first off, I would recommend if anybody has the ability to work remotely, uh, okay. ha at least owning a RV camper or, you know, class A, would be an awesome option, especially yeah. if you have kids to get out and see the world and, yeah. and uh, give them some life experiences because there's so much in the world to see. And we learned that, you know, I thought I had already seen a lot. And when we started driving around, it was like, I can't believe this is here. I can't believe this is there. In the same country that we live in. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. So that, that was probably the biggest thing. But the other thing is like, if you do have a job and you're trying to pull something off where it's, uh, you're living in a, in a RV or a camper or whatever. Yep. 
Don't overbook yourself. We were way overbooked and uh, it made it not fun. Overbooked in terms of? We had to travel a lot okay. uh, for our work, which was you gotcha. know, working for CrossFit HQ. Okay. And uh, it, it, made it, it made it very difficult to stay in any one area for any period of time. Became more traveling and not enjoying where you oh, were at man, because we were, of the, the so, seminars that had to be taught? Yeah, so okay. exactly. So like, you know, they booked our seminars like a month in advance. So like they'd say, Matt, you want to work uh, Vancouver in uh, July 17th and 18th? And yeah. I'd say, yes, of course I do. Okay, where will you be flying out of? I will be flying out of, oh my gosh, I don't know, maybe uh, San Diego. You know, and we would be in like, let's just say uh, Las Vegas at the moment. Oh, God. Yeah. So then we would have to a month from then make sure that we're in San Diego at that time. Yeah, it was it was rough. That was kind of the downside. And that's why we ended up not doing it anymore. But you still but you still do it with the sprinter just on your own. Yeah, the sprinter is awesome. Yeah. So that's like the best of both worlds. Like it's a vehicle that you can drive on the daily if you need to. Yep. Um, you can we have a full kitchen. We've got. Uh, queen size bed. Nice. We've got storage. We've got bathroom. We got shower. It's one of the high top ones. It's a high yeah, top. Yeah. Awesome. It's 144 inch length. Uh, we have everything we need. We've got, yeah. you know, the ability to load bikes and skis and everything on top and around the vehicle. That's awesome. And uh, we just spent the last week in Moab in that thing with our dogs. And that's sick. I need that in my life, man. Yeah. It like was, I said, I, want, I have a kid. I want my kid to see like Yellowstone, Half Dome, like right. El Cap. Like, dude. And we have the fitness to do it. That's the cool part is like, yeah. you want to take your kids on a uh, hike up Bridalville Falls? Yeah. You can do it. You've got plenty of fitness to do it. Yeah. And use it, man. Let's get out there and use it. Yeah. The gym can wait. Yeah. I'm carrying my, he's like two and a half. I'm carrying my kid around all day. I'm like, dude, I could, I could easily carry like a D-ball for yeah. a long time now. Right. Like, no problem. Um, man. Well, I'll let you go because you're still competing. Thank yeah. you so much, man. I Thank appreciate you. it. Uh, good luck to you today. Thanks. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, yeah, check out the Instagrams uh, at Matt One Chan. And uh, if you have any interest in any of the programs that we have, uh, I highly recommend checking out Thrive. Uh, if you're just a, a guy working out in your garage, it's a it's a badass program. And if you're a first responder, it's the perfect program. We have a lot of them. Yeah, a yeah. lot of guys working out in the garage and working at the firehouse and have a lot of equipment. But yeah, they're 20 years in or they're 15 years in. They're like, how can I stay active? How can I stay effective or get active because yeah. hey now you got to pass some pretty stringent uh fitness physical fitness standards yep. but yeah check that out at trainftw.com uh it's called thrive it's 15 bucks a month and uh it's rad so love your support awesome thank you man appreciate it